The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. celebrating New Year's Eve. He was out, ending their life. I'm going to commit murder at midnight. Call me evil. Every New Year's Eve, the caller came out. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron.
What's up, everyone? Welcome to a New Year's Evil episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 684, and I'm Snowy White. And I'm Aaron, and dear listeners, this New Year's Evil episode is brought to you by True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T, coffee.com. You want to start the new year off right? You want to ensure that you are prepared, that you are guarded, that you are ready for whatever comes your way? Well, if you're a coffee drinker, that starts... Sorry, I got an itch in my eye and I couldn't focus. <laughs> you know, because I'm old. But that starts by going to True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. Go out there, subscribe, never run out of coffee. Get great coffee delivered to your doorstep every month with not one, but two great bands. Sometimes there's even a bonus. You never know what's going to happen because not only are they going to give you great coffee, but Coffee Bean Oculta himself curates the metal that he sends to you. Because this isn't just, oh, I got an idea. Let's come up with something that sounds ferocious and we'll get a few metal guys to endorse us. Nope, this is metal people who love coffee, coffee, who want to spread the community and the love of metal. And that's what this is all about. Nothing against those other brands that, you know, partner with the different metal people out there. Nothing against those. You know, because again, we're all a metal community. I want everybody to thrive. But let me tell you, these people are on the front lines of metal and coffee. And that's why you should love this coffee. Because it really is delicious. And I don't even like coffee. Which I talk about all the time. But I've tried True Cult because I had to. They're sponsoring the show. I, I cannot in good conscience be like, oh yeah, you guys should try this product. If I myself have never tried it. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is why when Manscaped calls us snowy, you know, I'll be I'll be shaving little lightning bolts, maybe a heart, like you know, it'll be a great time. You go, boy. I will. I will. You go, boy. Yeah, yeah. I can, ladies and gentlemen. Snowy will hate it if they sponsor us because I'll be sending them pictures all day long. Like snowy, look at this one. <laughs> be a great time. Anyway, the last thing I need, but yes, yeah. www coffee.com check it out because yeah like you said if if it's not something that we don't personally enjoy we're not going to endorse i see too i listen to too many of these damn celebrity you know podcasts and they're all they're always pushing this and that and another thing which has absolutely fuck all to do with what the the subject matter of their show is about they're just doing it for the defer the money and with us, it's all for the love of metal and wanting to, I don't like this word product, but wanting to push a great product like True Cobalt Coffee. You know, it's a metal product made for metalheads by, by metalheads. So can't go wrong there. Check them out. How is uh, everything going on down? Okay, is it... South Cackalack? Is, is is that an expression in South Carolina? Yeah, I think people say that. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. Like like I, I I they all blend together because you know you'll hear like North and South Cackalacky, but sometimes people say that for Kentucky. And I mean, I just don't know anymore. Like I 
I realized that this is the year that I am finally just sick of everything. Like right. I just, just everybody's humor. I'm just like, yeah, no, it's really not funny. Like, <laughs> no, no, you know, just fucking no, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a grumpy Gus for this uh, new year's episode, but you know, it's a, it's a fuck of a time here. Right on, right on. Well, no, well, we'll, we'll, we'll turn that frown upside down. We're going to have one hell of an episode. Um, we're really not, we don't really have much in the way of format. I got a really cool stack of wax here and there's just, we're just going to sit back, have a couple belts and shoot the shit because basically, okay, this is my New Year's Eve party. Okay. We're doing this the night the night before New Year's Eve, okay? And there's just so much that's been going on up here in my neck of the woods, like with the with the whole COVIDness and all that. We had this huge rash of cases and uh, pretty much all New Year's Eve activities and all that have been canceled and called off, like major sporting events and like NHL hockey games and national lacrosse games here in Canada are all being postponed and even the the World Junior Hockey Tournament which I love that every year it's been such a big part of you know the of of Snowy Manor even growing up as a kid the whole tournament's been been called off be, be, because of it so bottom line new year's eve i'm not going anywhere i'm just going to be vegging in my pj so i went out and i Enlisted help from my good buddy Jack here in my Motorhead mug, my Friday the 13th shot glass. And this episode, dude, thank you so much because this is my New Year's Eve party. Woohoo! And we're going to party hard. <laughs> right on, right on. But before we kind of get into all that, I wanted to say Merry Christmas to you and yours. How was your, how was your holidays? It was good, man. It was real good. It's been very low key. It's just been fun. You know, the kids have had time to relax and play and, you know, build Legos and all that sort of stuff. And everybody's just decompressing. It's just been a very low key week. And I've been very happy for that. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, I have to admit the last week, the last week or so, it never did much in the way of getting into into money job and all that, but which is exactly what you want in the holidays and all that. So I I really can't complain. We did the best that we could for 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 Christmas up here. You know, my 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 daughter works with children, so she was very apprehensive about hanging out without protection like wearing a mask and all that she didn't want to spend too much time having christmas dinner over here with us and all that it's just it's just right now this is what it's like up here and unfortunately it is a huge bummer but we're making the best of it when it comes to christmas though i swear my brood felt i just don't have enough to read Okay, <laughs> like I've, I've, I'm every, every, every month, new, new music magazines and horror film and wrestling magazines and all that. I, I got lots to read, okay. But for Christmas, between the two of them, they set me up with two autobiographies, a, um, just an action novel, 
and four graphic novels. Wow, dude. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, yeah. I finally, well, I was supposed to have gotten it around Halloween, but I put it off. I put it off. It kind of left my head. But Mrs. Snowy remembered, hey, he really likes Elvira. So she picked me up the Yours Cruelly Elvira Memoirs of the Mistress of the Dark autobiography. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait to get into that. A really cool Batman graphic novel. Um, a uh, really cool one called Mar- Marvel Horrors, where it's basically a compilation of like the more darker characters in the oh, Marvel yeah. Universe. You know? And... Um, We've talked on the show before about your love of werewolves. Oh, yes. A really cool werewolf that Marvel had was Man-Wolf. Do you remember Man-Wolf? No. I, I, and I'm so disappointed that I'm only learning about all these, like, well, even like Werewolf by Night. Like, it, that stuff like it was all past when I should have known about it. And yeah, so nope. Man-Wolf yeah. I was not aware of until, I guess, is he's the one with the wolf stone around his neck, or the moonstone, right? Yes, yeah, he's, uh, he's, it's a Spider-Man character. Yes. He's, Jay, he's Jay, Jay Jonah Jameson's son, who was an astronaut, went to the moon, came back, is now a werewolf, and all that. There was a recent um, issue I read, probably around Halloween, where I learned about him. But that was the first time I'd ever learned about him. Ah, well, well, this this you 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 can pretty much catch up with everything in one graphic novel because I'm holding Man Wolf the complete the complete collection of just oh. his, his short run series and his appearances in Spider Man and all I that. I need to look for that at my local oh, shop. Oh, you 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 yeah. definitely do. My son and, and I were just at the local shop this week, so ah, now I gotta go back. Okay, well, Man Wolf. Check that out. Do you remember a movie? Jeez, oh, I don't know. It must have been about maybe 15 years ago now called The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, love that movie. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes, it's one of my all-time favorites. And it's definitely um, one of my favorite uh, comic movies, comic adaptation yeah. movies, <clears throat> because it was a DC graphic novel. Yep. And um, written by the same gentleman that wrote... Oh, dude. Oh, it's killing me. Hang on. Um, I hope I'm not confusing them. But um, the Alan same Moore? guy. Who? Alan Moore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he wrote, oh my God, The Watchmen. Ah, okay. Yeah. Same, same guy, right. same, same dark um, themes and all that sort of stuff. Right, right. For sure, for sure. And that's exactly what you get. You know, with with the graphic novel and the movie, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where it's these these literary characters, yes, you know, from the past, and they're brought together, you know, X Men style and all that to fight to fight evil and all that. Well, it was a graphic novel before film, and I finally got my little meat hooks on the omnibus edition of the graphic novel. Have you read it yet? Not yet, not yet. I okay. haven't sat down. We'll chat after. Because oh, okay. I found it after I saw the movie, and I'm like, oh, this is really dark. <laughs> and it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember going to the movie to see it, 
Okay, and as we were getting in line, and you you know, as 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 you're approaching the cashier, you'll see the the promotional movie posters, you know, on oh, yeah. just just around, you know, coming soon and all that. Well, there was one now playing League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. There was this family ahead of us with a teenage girl in it, and the mother was going, "Ooh, what's this movie about?" And the daughter goes, "Oh, that." Yeah, that's that's like X Men for old people. Oh, that hurts. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully that was the movie that 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 family chose, and that young lady got an education. Speaking of getting old, yeah. Dude, not only was it Christmas time just recently, and we're fast approaching New Year's Eve. Happy birthday! Thank you, thank you. I have caught you up uh, to the big five zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, that, yeah, that's that's a pretty historic thing. What? Oh, t- tell me, you did something cool or something to commemorate such such a milestone? Well, as you can imagine, with the state of the world, the wildest and craziest thing I could do right now is just go out in public. And um, so we did. <laughs> I, I went outside. It was crazy. Um, no, nah, man, it was it was low-key. We went to a restaurant that we couldn't go to last year because, you know, everything was shut down last year. Right. Um, but went to one of my favorite barbecue joints and then just kind of hung out around the city and checking things out. And it was a very, very nice time. Uh, although I would say probably one of my best birthday gifts is an email that I was reading where they're taking you through like mispronunciations of the year. And I can't remember what it was, but I remember the point of the word. And the word is um, a term that generate what whatever is it generation z is after the millennials uh i that's really pushing the idea of a generation well, after the millennials but yeah but anyway what whatever generations after the millennials because a lot of them are starting to become of age and get into the workforce um it's the term they use to tease the millennials for being out of date <laughs> and okay. i was just laughing so hard because i remember uh-huh. For so long, all the millennials just think they're all the shit. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Now you're the old people. This is going to be fun to watch, you know, because their heads are going to explode. <laughs> <clears throat> it's going to be a good time. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Before Generation Z yeah. worries about the millennials, for the most part, the boomers are pretty much still running the show. Uh, so, are uh, they? Well, are they really? Four, yeah, yeah, in the higher higher ups, but that 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 generation is dying, literally. I, so I think we have more Gen X in the higher ups than people realize, but nobody seems to know the difference between Gen X and Boomers. Quite honestly, Gen X is still left out of almost every conversation. Yeah, like, I only yeah. ever hear people talking about millennials and boomers, millennials and boomers. I'm like, uh-huh. wow, and and then I smile because I'm like, we fucking did it. Gen X has stayed invisible because that's that's essentially what that's that's why we were Generation X, right? Because we were the latchkey kids. We were the first kids whose, you know, both parents were going to work, leaving us at home, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we were just kind of fading into the background and learned how to take care of shit and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, we did it. Nobody knows we're here. 
That's right. We it's infi- great. Well, it infiltrated the premises. That's what it feels like. <laughs> you know, I'm just uh, like, okay, no. this is kind of fun. <laughs> watch these, these fuckers uh, fight it out. But yeah, I, I think the whole um, boomers are running things is a complete smokescreen. I really do. I, I think well, somebody yeah. needed a villain, and that's what they're doing. Like, pay, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain is what's going on right now. There we are. There we are. With with myself, you're talking about not being able to get out for a while and all that, and you made your way out for your birthday. We kind of did the same for Mrs. Snow's birthday as well. I'm not going to mention how old she recently turned, but no, did I mention... 27. Little, just, just, just a little bit. That's 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 all nope, I'll say. No but... older than twenty-seven. She, they, <laughs> one, once a woman hits her twenty-seventh birthday, that's the last birthday. That's her age. There we go. Let's let's go with that. Well, anyways, Harry. That's what they her, all tell me. Trust me. <laughs> her birthday was just before Christmas as well, and what she really wanted to do was get back out to our favorite restaurant. Okay, here it's a it's a really cool stir fry place here in Winnipeg called Mongo's. Oh, okay. Okay, and it's really cool. Like, is you, it the Mongolian you, store, you... stir fry? <laughs> no. Okay. No, but it was kind of the reason I wanted to go to this place is like it it was brought to her attention and said I want to go check out this place Mongo's. Done. We're there. Okay. Because just because of the name, Mongo is the planet in the Flash Gordon series and comics and well, world. And, and wasn't Mongo a villain in something? Like oh, I'm e- sure. either sure. either Goonies or Revenge of the Nerds, something. No, it wouldn't be Nerds. Maybe Goonies. I haven't seen that. Since I was a teenager, Mungo's so. always like a, like a, a like a thug name. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So she wanted to go out for dinner there. It's quote unquote our place, and then afterwards, we made our way to the new Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. Oh, dude, how was it? That, that was that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah? no spoilers. I'm just I'm just saying like. Like they are keeping the tradition of fantastic films up with this. Like, if you really uh, like, are you familiar with all the movies, yeah. all the Spider-Man movies? Okay, then you're really gonna love this. Yeah, I've I've seen them all at least once. I'm less familiar with the um, Spider-Man whose name I can't remember. I'm more familiar with Tobey Maguire and oh goodness, now I can't remember the current guy. Well, the current guy is Tom Holland. Thank you, Tom Holland. Yeah, those two. And then the guy in the middle, um, I actually really liked the way he portrayed Spider-Man. Ah, you, me, me too. Andrew Garfield. Yes, there we go. He skated. Yeah. Okay. And he listened to the Ramones. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's my Peter Parker. Fuck Dude, yeah. He, he was so good. Like, like I can't remember which of the two films that he did that it happened, but somebody pulls a knife on him and he's like, oh, you found my weakness, sharp knives. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's such a great, smart ass comment. It was great. Oh, for sure. For sure. So that kind of was our holidays in a quick little nutshell. Like I said, we got a... Uh, a lot of kick-ass tunes. We got some stuff 
to sit back. We have some Jack Daniels to drink, and we're going to ring in 2022 to kick us all off, courtesy of True Cobalt. Coffee is our mandatory metal segment, and just for shits and giggles, okay, wanted to do something a little bit different with 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 this segment where we normally will find you know like a cool black or death metal band currently making the rounds okay just just for fun and because i've had a couple drinks here now i thought you know what let's shake things up a bit and you remember very well being the 50 year old that you are now the whole pmrc thing I do remember the PMRC. You remember all yes. of that and Tipsy Gorb, you know, she always had a couple drinks before making her way out to Congress and his her pussy whipped husband and all that. Well, one of the bands that used to really, really irritate her was the Mighty Impaler. Their Rise of the Mutants EP were on the cover. Ah, uh, the vocalist. Oh, shit, what was his name? Uh, we should have had him on the show by now, but it's just, it's him on the cover, and he's got this slob of bloody what looks like a real liver hanging out of his mouth and all that, and that's one of the records that really got Tipper's juices flowing. So I thought, you know what? Let's drop a track from that awesome EP and dedicate it to our good friend Tipsy Gore. This is Impaler. For the True Cobalt Coffee Mandatory Metal segment with Shock Rock.
Had to do it, dude. Had to drop another track for True Cavalt Coffee. That was the mighty impulse, man. Slaughter from their He Who Laughs Last Laughs No More. That was Vomit Heads. And I remember, like, that was a band, Impulse Man Slaughter. I don't know if you remember them from about the mid-80s. They just, I don't know, they, they burned too, they burned out too quickly. They they had their moment in the sun. They released some they released some good stuff. It looks like they were getting somewhat of a following in the underground's underground, but I don't know what it was for some reason or another. They just never went much further than that. That's another band, dude. We got to get someone from that band on the horn too sometime this year. That's something I've kind of been thinking about for 2022. Yeah, we get all these great interviews from current bands pushing new records and all that there is a whole you know back they were going back to 1970 just of metal and hardcore and punk of you know and every every band has a story and they're all interesting you know if you dig far enough and you know sometimes bands like impaler like impulse manslaughter might not be on the tip of the brain of the younger listener, but guys like us, that's shit we want to hear. I know I do. So that's yeah, something we should look into for sure. I do, sure. but I don't know if anything's on the tip of my brain anymore. <laughs> that's because that's because the, the Alzheimer's kicking in already, Grandpa. Dude, <laughs> I, I there there are days that I get a little nervous, <clears throat> like. When I start forgetting, like how to do simple guitar things, I'll, that's when I'll really worry. But there are okay. days where I'm just like, Nah, nah, I'm okay. Yeah, no, I, that that's that's normal, you know. Just with my forgetting stuff. But you know, if I can't find my guitars or I can't remember how to play a chord, like you'll find me in the nursing home. Yeah. Well, you're not quite up to your golden years just yet. No, but speaking of golden years. So last, last was it just last episode? Yeah, it was last episode. We talked about 1981, right? Right. And somebody was talking about on another podcast I've listened to. They're saying like, "Oh yeah, like, like, like the 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 golden age of rock for me was uh, 87 and 97." And I'm thinking like, "Ugh, 97." Uh, like, Ugh. Like, like I like that's when it really kind of dwindled. Like we we had like a very dry spot. I mean, not not saying there was nothing good, but I feel like there's a dry spell for a while there. But mm-hmm. so I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, I feel like our real golden age of metal, because, I mean, we had, you know, it, it all starts with Sabbath, and then it kind of starts to branch out from there. And then we get the 70s, we get the new wave of British heavy metal, and then the 80s hit, and you have all these kids they're listening to everything that was done from Sabbath on forward and just losing their minds, right? So mm-hmm. my thoughts are, I would call like our golden age of metal like 81 to 92. And I feel like 92 might be stretching it, but what are your thoughts? You know what? I'll, I'll kind of agree with that. Like like be doing a pro wrestling podcast, there's, there, there's two schools of thought as to what the golden 
era is like as as fans not only of wrestling but of sports in general you think the golden years were 40s 50s and all that just because they were a long time ago uh, sometimes though okay at some point what's going on today or even 10 20 years ago whether it's no 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 matter what someone is going to think of that as the golden years oh yeah yeah you know and so i think i got to agree with you when it when it comes to metal and hardcore and punk and all that though those 80s those years okay are always going to be looked back not only from you know people like us that went through it but i'm seeing younger like millennials okay taking an interest now in vinyl yeah okay and an interest in just 80s pop culture in general and for us like 80s metal like when you think of the radio stations okay playing classic rock okay it's not just it's it's catering to young people at work and those young people as you know, not not only are they listening to the to the current stuff, but they're also gravitating towards quote unquote classic rock and pop as as well. You know, so yeah, like generations from now, like I've had lots of millennials say to me, "Man, Snowy, like, why don't you tell me about the '80s? You you were there. Do you remember this? Did you do that? Do you you know, you went through it as well." With, with with the young kids, oh, yeah. the that the the interest in eighties metal is and hardcore and punk is is always going to be there, you know, decades from now. Yeah, I honestly I honestly think that because we just saw so much in the eighties. Yeah, it, you know, we and when you think about just metal, and then we got black metal thrash metal, death metal, all within the 80s, right? Mm. Like, like all, all is, is that, you know, came up. Because, like, hair metal was essentially just heavy rock and roll, you know, most of the time. I mean, Poison's hair metal. Poison is just Chuck Berry with makeup. Right. You know, which, again, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Because I love all that sort of stuff, you know. I and mean, you had a lot of bands that were really crafting things. Um, but just although, although, so, sorry, sorry, I'm just picturing Chuck Berry seeing Poison <laughs> when they first came out and just looking at it, going, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know that, oh, dude. How much fun would that have been to have, like, you know, had? To, to have been like a DJ that had a, 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 like a radio show at that point, or somebody had a radio show, you have Chuck on and be like, Chuck, let's play a game. Like, I'm going to show you some album covers. What do you think? And you hold up Poison, and you'd be like, whoa, those are some pretty girls. Uh-huh. You know? Like, like we all said at yeah. first. Yeah, and be like, no, these are dudes. You'd be like, what? And then we probably had to bleep everything else he said. <laughs> you know, and how much fun would, oh, my goodness, that would have been so much fun. What yeah. do you think Chuck Berry would have said to um, Judas Priest's rendition of Johnny Be Good? You know, I I don't know. I, I think part of him would have been honored because, you know, Judas Priest 
pretty pretty big metal band and um you know chuck seemed to appreciate everybody that took an interest in his music but i think chuck would have um kind of chastised him a bit for taking all the swing out of it you know i like i i think chuck's coming my brother well um you got the blues you forgot the rhythm you know <laughs> fair enough fair enough now i want to yeah. listen to that song now i want to yeah i remember being horribly disappointed by it really yeah well just because i love johnny b good so much and mm-hmm. chuck berry so much that like and, and you know how there are certain songs that you know you you just can't hear other versions of you know because it's just not doing it justice you know, when a song is just so good for you, you know. Yeah, but I'm also of the opinion that like a really good song you can't butcher. Yeah, but Judas Priest said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> you figure? You know? uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Well, yeah, what, like what, I, I've heard a lot of covers of it. Like the Grateful Dead did a killer version of it. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have a killer version. It was a killer live version. Um, Hendrix version is okay. Um, but where, so where most people drop the ball for me when they're, when they're doing a Chuck cover is they strip out too much and they don't know what to put in the place of the things they strip out. Right. So the one thing I can, I can say about priest is at least, it sounded like a priest song and not like a Chuck Berry song. So mm-hmm. I, I do have to give him props on that because it, you at least had the Judas Priest personality. That's but the like, idea of a cover song, yes. Yeah. But like Hendrix, it the Hendrix version just felt like he was fucking up playing Chuck Berry. You know, it wasn't terrible, but it's like, nah, you might want to run that a couple more times, you know. And then, uh, like the Grateful Dead, really did a great version, and I was never ever a Dead fan. And I heard their their version of Johnny Be Good. I'm like, oh fuck, like this this is good, you know? Yeah. So, right. and Michael J. Fox's version. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was I was a little <laughs> a little twisted with that, but quite honestly, um, I absolutely love it because if it wasn't for his version, we wouldn't have Chuck Berry. Right, because his cousin Marvin played the new sounds for him. You know, that's right. That was a nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that that's that's one of the highlights, not only for music fans, but just people in general. Like when 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 he kicked out that song, and that moment when his cousin Marvin went, you know, listen to this, Chuck, Chuck, it's your cousin yeah. Marvin, <laughs> Marvin Barry. I'm like, yes, I love this. You got new sounds you've been looking for? Oh, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. When I first heard Priest's version of that, I I was kind of at that point, like, that was when hair, glamour, whatever, was totally taken over the metal world, the mainstream metal world. And you can see that, like, bands like Ozzy, Priest, The Scorpions... While they weren't exactly making hair or glam, okay, they were definitely looking the part, and I, that that 
Oh, dude, go! You have to see Ozzy. Yes, Ozzy. Yes, hair and priest to me has always looked like a bunch of bikers. Yeah, but like, check out those outfits. That like, like, like. Give me a year. Let me Google it. Let's, okay. let's do this. Give me okay. a let's, with, let's do with, this. With, with the turbo. Okay. What, what, turbo lover? Whatever, tur, turbo and, and ram it down. Like, check out those outfits and the way their 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 hair was teased up like the like an 80s high school girl. Oh, wow. Everybody's it, hair. Because it was the like 80s. That. I get it. I, it yeah. when, I, when I saw Anne and Nancy Wilson... You know, look looking like Madonna and their hair teased up and writing those horrible, horrible '80s love ballads. Uh, Nancy broke my heart. She was the original Snowy's Angel. Oh my god! You know? I seeing Joan Jett like that. Okay. Oh my I, god! I think this is a leather jacket, but it looks like an ugly Christmas sweater. And this, right? they look like more like Slade than than they do Priest. Um, wow, those are some tight pants. Yeah. But it, it, the best part is Rob, because Rob Halford is the one who looks like he's wearing like the sweater, but it's a leather jacket. His hair is feathered. And just the look he's giving you looks like that seductive. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and now, okay. when you yeah, think of yeah. what Rob Halford looks like today, bald with a big beard. Well, and, and the funny <laughs> thing is, like this is this is how this is how important and ingrained the Judas Priest look is because this was such a small blip on the radar I forgot it because as I look for other stuff I see the Judas Priest I know the black leather the studded armbands like I'm like yeah right. no that's yeah. priest and 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 I look at this one I'm like okay other than the Christmas sweater <laughs> it's kind of priest but the hair is poofier teased permed maybe a vo5 hot oil treatment in there you know and for anyone who doesn't know what a vo5 hot oil treatment was the deal with my mother if i wanted to have long hair is i had to take care of it so a vo5 hot oil treatment was to nourish your hair and prevent split ends and all that sort of stuff um and my mother made sure that i did those sorts of things so my hair was permed, teased, all that sort of stuff. Vio Vive hot oil treatment. And if you say, oh, oh, you're not even a man. Yeah. You can tell me whatever you want to say, but the girls loved it and they hated your hair. And you know that's why you're mad. <clears throat> uh-huh. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I have naturally curly hair. Okay. And I would have been so jealous because that's what I wanted. So I was always going to fucking perm. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I, I, I had a natural perm. Okay, and if, if if in the '80s, if I was one of those preppies, I don't know if you have that expression oh, back. Yeah, yeah then. that was a thing. But yeah, if I was one of those preppies and had the curly blonde hair and all that, looking like I just fell off the set of nine hundred two one zero and all that. If if I really ran with that, if I wasn't me, if I wasn't the metalhead punk and all that, man, in high school. And uh, okay, I'm gonna sound cocky and arrogant, but man, I would have been, I would have, I would have had to fight the girls off. So it's so you know? funny you bring this up. I literally was having this thought about you today because I was thinking about how our personalities, like like we we gel really well on the show, but I am very introverted for for the most part, you know. Okay. And you are very extroverted. Like you can uh, just yeah. shoot the <laughs> shit with anybody. I'm like, you know. 
like I, I wanted to know, like, did you play sports in high school? Were you ever the captain of any teams? And if the answer is no, it's going to be because you found metal. Uh, yeah, I will admit I played I played ice hockey all the way up until about my mid teens. Well, that's or, pretty that's pretty metal. 13. You could have kept doing that and it'd been fine. Pro- probably, but I did kind of lose interest in that, you know, once once so once I kind of hit the thir- 13, 14 and all that was mm-hmm. kind of my last year. I did play baseball all the way up until my daughter was born, though, up, you know, in the early 90s. Rock on. So, yeah. see, you were like, I knew it. I'm like, man, I bet Snowy would totally have been like the jock that ruled his high school if it wasn't for metal. And uh, thank God for metal. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but that's I. I wouldn't have been true to myself. I would have just been one of those other fake preppies, okay. Except I would have been really fake because I would have had like a a, a metalhead punk inside, but I was just being, you know, this this fake this fake preppy just to get girls or attention or or popularity or whatever bullshit that went with being a preppy in the eighties. Yeah. We had those. Those were, those were most of our drug dealers. Ah, (laughs) yeah. But they also came across as perfect little angels. Exactly. That's, that's how they did it. Parents in front of, yeah. Yeah. In front of, in front of the teachers and the ministers and all that. Oh yeah. 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 They, they, they came across as Mr. and Mrs. Perfect. But I saw the I I went to all the house parties. Okay, yeah, I'm a metalhead and all that. But I I branched out in high school and hung out with the various different cliques. All of them, the jocks, the geeks, you know, the other metalheads and punks and all that. Because you're right, I'm very extroverted, and I also had a knowledge. If I wanted to talk to geeks, I could talk about Star Wars and comic books. I wanted to, if I was big into sports, I could talk to jocks about sports and. And all that, but so I I saw the dark side of every click, okay. And I remember the authority figures. Oh yes, these preppies—they're such good little boys and girls. Fuck! Why don't you spend a Friday night with them? Yeah, you'll see. You'll see a totally different uh, version of Vanessa and Troy. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Ah, now that I got that off my chest. What were we talking about? I don't Doesn't know, matter. but this has been good. It feels like therapy. <laughs> it's right. really good. That's right. That's yeah. right. So sure. that's our golden age. But oh, so now let's take it up into the '92 rare, right? Because uh-huh. between it was like what 80, 89, 90, um, we get Cowboys from Hell, and I feel like '91, '92 was vulgar, right? Ninety, yeah, yeah, ninety, ninety-one. Yeah, 91, 92, somewhere there, there for Vulgar, right? So I heard this the other day, and it kind of hurt me inside. And, you know, you you and I have not have not stopped listening to metal. And I promise I will make, make the point here, but we need a little bit of backstory. So we have not stopped listening to metal. You, th- this is where you are more out of the closet than I am in this case, right? Where we talked about me being out of the closet with all the pop music I was into. But you have, like, you don't even try to hide from the normies or whatever. You just, you know, wear, wear whatever metal it is that you're into and 
that you don't give a shit if anybody knows, right? Right. Whatever. Um, I, on the other hand, um, I have taken to wearing simple, plain logo shirts at work that just say like Iron Maiden or Metallica. Bands that I know people will know, so I can at least say I'm a metalhead, and you know, and people will, will get it. But then when people are like, "Oh, Metallica, that old band is still around," I'm like, "Yeah." I said that old band is still <laughs> making killer music. Yeah, I said, still the but number one band on the planet. Yeah, but then I follow the conversation up, and I'm like, "Well, I said I do listen to more current metal." And they're like, "Oh, like what?" I said, "Well, like Gojira," and their eyes go blank. I'm like, "And that's why I wear a Metallica T-shirt." <laughs> <laughs> because because they're like what? what what's this other stuff like you know all the other shit i like i i, I remember um a, a group of co-workers one time were like well play me something modern you're listening to and i played uh one of us is the one of us is the killer album dillinger escape plan when that just came out okay and the opening track people are just sitting there like a deer in headlights trying to process it and i'm like yeah isn't this great right so Anyway, I bring all that up because you and I have stayed very current with with, with metal. You more than me, right? But but I'm not going to be the the old guy. Like, oh, no, this new metal. No, they haven't made any good metal since 1989. Like that's yeah, I hear that. You yeah. know, that, that's that's not going to be me because I'm like, oh, you're playing a heavy guitar. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. Oh, eight strings now. All right. What are you doing with it? You're like, I, I'm always like, oh, great, great. Let's try this new stuff out. I may think it sounds like ass, but I still want to try it. You know. Um, but you know that said, there's also like a lot of bands I still like. But I heard somebody refer to Pantera, uh, a band that I still hold very highly, and I think saved guitar through the '90s. Because if it wasn't for Dimebag, I don't know if we would have really truly had any guitar heroes left. Um, but somebody referred to Pantera as dad metal. Oh, wow. Okay, that was from a millennial. I, yeah, I honestly don't know where it came from. Because <laughs> I heard some other people talking about it on a podcast. I'm like, oh, I need to bring this up to you. Be it because... One for you to, for somebody to say that it's dad metal for you listening listening to it, and when you can be like, well, yeah, but I'm also listening blah 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 that they've never heard of, you know, I'd be like, oh shit, wrong guy to pick a fight with, you know. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I I can understand okay because like when the younger generation sees anything like from the previous generation it's dad okay like okay with what we're seeing because we're both fans of archie okay the 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 riverdale tv series the vampironica graphic novels the you know the archie archie meets predator and all that this is what i call not your dad's archie oh yeah (laughs) okay so so yeah i can understand applying that to metal like pantera those first couple thrash albums okay would not like the younger generation probably can't relate to that that's the stuff that their dad listens to yeah but like how horrible is your taste in metal that you can't enjoy pantera 
and a lot of the other bands from <laughs> you know? from that. Yeah, yeah. Like just 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 because it's quote unquote old. Yeah. Like that that mentality, I never understood. I never understood that. I guess maybe that comes okay because when we first discovered metal, you know, in you know the early to late '80s and all that. Like, Sex Pistols was already old. Black Sabbath was already old. Led Zeppelin was already old. We still connected to that. Yeah. So, like, the idea of Deep Purple being old, even now. Like, Deep Purple is 50 years old. But that's timeless. Like, like all those bands you mentioned except Zeppelin seem timeless to me. And the weird thing is, I don't know why except Zeppelin. I, like for for there's something about those first couple Zeppelin records that feel very much stuck in that period of time for me, like the late sixties, early seventies, Zeppelin one and two. But I don't feel that way about any of those other bands you mentioned. I, the, all those other bands feel insanely timeless to me. You know, right, right. I yeah, I, I can kind of see that, like. Plant's vocal delivery, you know, and some of the song arrangements and just the whole Zeppelin vibe, like kind of screams hippie shit. You know what? So that's a good point because they really do seem like hippies. And they also, when when I think of Zeppelin versus all those other bands you mentioned, while all those other bands may have had the same antics, Zeppelin really are the band that stands out is having that stereotypical rock star experience, trashing the hotel room, all the girls, the groupies, all that sort of stuff. And it, it man, it's probably the fact that I've seen so many damn pictures of um, Jimmy Page and the damn, um, and Robert Plant and the damn bell bottoms. <laughs> I think that's what does it. Cause I just hate bell bottoms. Did, did you ever, okay. Did you ever wear bell bottoms? If I did, it was because it was the style and my um, grandparents or parents bought them for me. Right. right. I, I, I cannot recall, and I don't recall actually <laughs> wanting to wear them voluntarily. Uh, I had a pair all the way up until I was about 13. Wow. Or so? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no, I, I quite remember the bell bottoms. And how cool was it to see Cliff Burton? In those, especially yeah, around nope. the mask, like he he had those bell bottoms on, and I thought that was the coolest thing. I did not like those. No, ah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I like it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Like, do you ever think maybe like okay, sometimes like retro fashions are kind of come back, quote unquote, in. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that means. You ever think bell bottoms will ever make a comeback? Well, they've been back three times. Yeah. They keep coming back and I keep not liking it every yeah. time. Like, you know what? I never even noticed. Oh, believe me, I have. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, here they come again. It is like a boomerang. You just can't seem to throw them away. Yeah. Ah. But then there's other fashion. I'm like, oh, that looks good. Uh, like, I, And you know what's weird is I really have a thing for like 50s um architecture design um you know mu- music and uh fashion right now you know and you can bring so much of that back and update it and it updates really well but there's a lot of stuff from like the the late 60s early 70s that just nope doesn't look good like for example tube tops 
I'm realizing I don't think I've ever seen anybody look good in a tube top. Um, yeah, it's not it's not my first choice. Okay, like the the adult Snowy in me goes, yeah, that doesn't really look good. The teenage Snowy in me goes, hmm, actually, that's not too bad. Nope. As We're a teenager, totally I didn't things. like it either. I I've, no. I can think of, and I don't know who it was, but I can think of one girl my entire life I've ever seen a tube top where I'm like, oh, that looks good on you. One. <laughs> Just nobody else. Yeah. I would terrible. actually be kind of like, I don't know, like, because... That didn't seem like a whole lot of material covering up your goodies there. Oh, it wasn't. And I mean, you know, from the um, raging hormone teenage boy standpoint, it's a great piece of garmentry because it's, you know, going to come off pretty easily. But like it's but at the same time, it's also a turnoff because nobody ever looks good at it. You know, that'd be like if I start walking around in a mankini. Nobody is going to be. No one wants on. to see that. Sorry, no, no. no. I, I'll, I will never understand. Okay, even, even, even if I was gay or a female, or both, the speedo on a guy—that's horrible. So, well, so th- that's another thing. Like, I think I, there's been like maybe one dude I've ever seen where I'm like, oh, you look good in that speedo, you know. And for anyone who wants to, like, be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you'd even say, I'm like, D- everybody chill out. Like, if you can't look at somebody else, even if it's the same sex, if you're straight, and be like, oh yeah, they're a handsome guy, or they're good, not yeah. like, 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 really, you need therapy. Anyway, so, like, you, you know, I've seen like, no, okay, maybe two. Uh, like, I'm thinking <laughs> here, you know, but I, but, but I mean, yeah, the, the Speedo, yeah, that's, that's another thing where, most dudes don't look good in a speedo, you know, and, unless you're like, um, like the Olympic swimmers, and sometimes even even them. Okay, but that's sporting equipment. That's not fashion. We still talking about the speedo? Yes. <laughs> or are we talking about their sporting equipment? Well, they are but for swimmers, for swimmers and divers and all yeah. that. Like speedos are that's sporting equipment. Yeah. It's, and I and I feel kind of bad when I'm watching the Olympics and you know I see a young lady and she's she's got the skippy bathing suit on and you know part of me you know the wrong part is going oh yeah I'm kind of liking this but then like the the athlete in me yeah. has to remind the teenage delinquent in me like no dude that's not a sexy bathing suit that's sporting equipment. Well, I told you the conversation that, that I had with one of my friends who's uh, you know still a volleyball player. Because I had to ask him, like, why are the girls in beach volleyball always in the bikinis? She's like, it's regulation. Uh-huh. And yeah, I'm like, but the guys aren't. No. And I mean, like, no, like so if, if we're going to make this fair, why aren't the guys, play, guys playing in Speedos? They, they should be. Or yes. don't make the girls dress like that. Absolutely. Because here's the deal. Right? And, and this, is, this has always been my thing. When, uh, you know, like think think about like the movies in the eighties. Who who was always naked, man or woman? Well, women are always right. And then so I go to the movies with with a girl, and she's like, "Ugh, it's gonna be more nudity." I'm like, "Listen, I'm like, I support all nudity." I'm like, "If you want more," she's like, "Well, how would you feel about male full frontal nudity?" I'm like, "Well, one, what guy really wants to do that? Um, but two, if that's what you want in a movie, I'll go see it with you." 
you know, right. like, right. I, yeah, I'm fine with it. And then it, it finally happened with, um, oh my goodness, Terminator, right? Was it, was it the first Terminator or second Terminator? But we didn't frontal? get full frontal. We didn't you, get full frontal. You didn't frontal. get frontal, but I think you saw Arnie's behind. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't get full frontal. But uh, like you know, I I think that was probably one of the ones where I argued. I'm like, well, you know, they should have just gone for it, because if it was a woman, they would have, right? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, but I feel like wasn't there a Terminator where one of the dudes was full frontal recently? I haven't seen the most recent, but I not that I recall. I remember seeing something like oh. Whoa. I, oh, I wish I could remember what it was now. But it was like an action movie where I'm like, oh, it's about time. <laughs> when you know, I woke up this morning, I never thought we were going to be discussing male full frontal, like, nudity. <laughs> frontal nudity. Welcome to your New Year's party, Snowy. Yeah. <laughs> Keep drinking. Yeah. 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 See, now we should have Mrs. Snowy in on this because she's she has her opinions. You know, on stuff like this. And I'm secure enough. Like, go for it, dear. Like, whatever you want to watch and enjoy, like, go ahead. I just think it needs to be fair, right? Definitely. Like, it's, is everybody's never had a problem with showing full. I mean, what was, um, oh, I'm going to butcher it. Was it Return of the Living Dead with, um, Linnea Quigley? Yeah. Okay. So that's like full frontal, right? On, on her. Yeah. Yeah. Why not some of the dudes? Why not? But nobody would have even thought of doing it. And the worst part is a lot of times the censors would go crazy. And they'd, oh, like, definitely. they'd be okay exactly. with, with a woman full frontal, but not a dude. I'm like, well, wait a second. How, why? Is it because you only want to see women? Like, is it like some sort of internal homophobia? Like, like what's really happening here? It's that that's tough because and, and I've said this before in private conversations and all that. Yeah. Okay, in terms of nudity in a in movie and pop culture and all that, the lamest, most accepted is the guys behind. Oh it, yeah. that's that's not even nudity. That's funny. Well, it is funny. You know, it like, is funny that they call it nudity. Yeah, you know, because a guy can like I've mooned people. Oh, Likewise. You know, many, many times, yeah. and it means nothing because it's just my behind. Yeah, I'm a guy. It's my naked guy butt. It's nothing. It's nothing. It shouldn't even be considered nudity. Okay, then the most, um, what word am I looking for? The most um, taboo, for the lack of a better word, is the female behind. Okay, because that's the most sexualized of the human behinds. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. That, now, the next, up on the next rung, okay, are women's breasts. Yeah. Okay, that's when you start getting into, like, when the censors, the MPAA and the movie industry and the art world and all that, that's when they start going, okay, hmm, now we're kind of get, getting into the naughty area with women's breasts. Do you remember Scrooged? <laughs> yeah, but I'm... Okay. I'm trying well, to place what you're going to get at. This exact conversation happens in the movie Scrooged. They have um, the, the dancers, right? And they're in these like tight, oh my goodness, like leotard oh. kind of tuxedo costumes. But the, 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 the solid breasts. Gold dancers. What's that? The solid gold dancers. Yes, 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 yes. And they're like, I can see her nipples. And you can just just barely see like the top, right? <laughs> like like, uh, like of, the, of the areola. 
right area. Right. And um and, and there's like another guy, like the janitor or somebody stand there, and Bill Murray's like, he's like, you can't see their nipples. And he turns to the guy, he's like, can you see your nipples? He's like, and the guy's like clearly staring. He's like, no, no, I I can't see them. And he goes, see, and he's looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> We're all looking for I'm like, nipples. Oh my goodness. And and but I love that because he was so honest. While it's making a joke, like that that's there's a hundred percent truth behind that. There you know? is. There is, yeah. Yeah. Right right after the women's nipples, the women's breasts. Yeah. Okay. Is the women's midsection, the vagina. And and most most of the okay. time. When you're watching an R-rated movie, all you're seeing is Bush, or so, she's shaved. Can can we just back up here for a second? When you say midsection, I'm sorry, I still think of like abs. I I, I okay, no, I, I, the I midsection. Mean, I mean, I like, mean okay. the genitalia. Gotcha. There we go. Okay, I'm trying to be classy. I don't want to take this too far down the gutter. No, but no, that, that, that's fair. I have fair, a couple more classy. memories yeah. that just might go there. All right, so we'll we'll try and round this out before okay. we get there. So, like, when you see full, okay, full frontal—that's the expression. Revenge of the nerds. There we are. There we are. Like yeah. that's all you're seeing is Bush, or perhaps she's kind of shaved and all that. You're not really getting into the nitty gritty areas, okay? That that <sighs> is the second most taboo or whatever expression you want to do okay the most cinematic or whatever taboo is full male frontal that will get you an x rating from the motion pictures association of america but just just for having that well but it did but finally they're not getting it like they can still keep it in r depending on how they do it because uh, well, there have been depends. a few movies recently where I was like, whoa, I just saw a dude's dick. I didn't see that coming. No pun intended. And I was like, wow. And, and But I just remember thinking, I'm like, and this is only R. I'm like, oh, it's taken a long time. And I mean, you know, not that I certainly like, oh, I hope I see a penis tonight. But it's, <laughs> yeah, it, I didn't it's wake just, up this morning going, yeah, yeah. What we need is lots of penis on radioactive metal. But it, but <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like finally it's getting, uh, it, and I mean it's still way out of balance. But like, I feel like we're finally making that that crossover, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's fair. Like I, I mean, like th- think about being a woman, uh, a, a female actress, woman actress, whatever we want to say, right? But. You know, it was pretty much expected for a long time that you were going to have to do some sort of nudity, some sort of sex scene to, oh, to, yeah. to make it to break in. And I mean, we all know the, the couch stories and all that sort of stuff. Nobody expected that from dudes. That is not fair. Not at all. No, no, I get that. I get yeah. that. But like I said, that's just the mentality. Yeah, it's completely wrong. Well, that was... A hell of a left turn. <laughs> what what tunes do we have to play, buddy? <laughs> okay, yes, yes. Since we're going, since you started talking about, we started with the golden age of metal, <laughs> and we ended up with a golden shower. <laughs> I, I had to. I had to. You set me up for it. <laughs> let's let's go back to that golden age. One of the probably just about the most underrated '80s metal band. Okay, is Metallica. Black, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> Cleveland's Black Death. 
Okay, now that seems like a pretty generic name, but back then with their debut self-titled album, okay, they were pretty much... And now you had Afri African-American artists, okay, either doing solo or they were like one member of a band like Zanow White, Snow White or whatever. However, or Rocky. Or, okay, yeah, yeah, like you you had you had the odd African-American metal hard rock band member here. Black Death, I'm pretty much convinced, were the first all-black metal bands. Rock on. Yeah, yeah. And I remember a couple years back, the Mighty Hell's Headbangers, good friends of the show, they re-released that classic debut record from the Mighty Black Death. So let's... Let's go with a track from that album. And, I, of course, I can only go with Night of the Living Dead.
inside to see how far I've been. The moral behavior misunderstood. Progressive tyrants. Progressive tyrants. Progressive tyrants. Progressive. Ha ha ha. The Mighty Massacre, since you were talking about kind of like the whole early 90s death metal scene. But before that kind of scene exploded, Massacre, who, you know, features to this day, you know, they've gone full circle. They are back. Great new record on the Nuclear Blast record. But they independently re-released their 1986 demo aggressive tyrant that was the title track from that really cool new release go on bandcamp check it out and before that um some really cool 80s hardcore new york new york hardcore with the mighty war zone the title track from the don't forget the struggle don't forget the streets record great stuff great stuff classic classic 
Now, I'm probably pissing off all of our hardcore fans, listeners, I should say, sorry, when I call like Warzone or any hardcore, any punk classic that might not be an expression that they appreciate very much. But I know they appreciated us dropping that track. What else is uh, kind of on your mind here? Well, I made it out to Monster Music this week. Ah, that's what's monster again monster is my local record shop down here and and we actually do have a couple i almost made it to another one the other day but for the life of me i can't find it because i can't find shit in this town but that's a whole other story but um Dude, you gotta move back to pittsburgh you know what if i could take this sunshine with me i think i, I might because there are times where i really miss pittsburgh but then i also like not being depressed it's weird, uh, you know? Like, okay. th- dude, the sunshine down here is great. Because, I mean, it's this is Christmas week. It's been 70 all week. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's, okay. it's been nuts, you know? So, but um, I made it out and I'm flipping through just the different bins and things. And I, for whatever reason, um, I was checking out vinyl and I went to the comedy section. And. I, I don't know if we've ever talked about like comedy records on vinyl and stuff before, but um, I have my grandfather's copy of the button down mind of Bob Newhart. Oh, <laughs> okay. And I, I, I love that record. Like I genuinely love that record. I remember listening to it as a kid. It is, there has never been a time when I have not found it funny. Like every time I listen it is just so damn funny every time you know and so um because of that like i'm like i saw a comedy on vinyl i'm like oh i thought uh, that record i'm like well let me go see what's out and i'm flipping through and i'm not seeing anything that i was recognizing but then i come across this giant 12 inch version of the same record i bought on record store day that was the three inch single do you remember when i was so excited to get the weird al yankovic beat on the brat single Oh, right on. Yes. Yeah, because I, I want the art. Well, that art is on the cover of this album, dude. And it's I've got it in my hands right now. It's just great. It's that Cabbage Patch Kid or Garbage garbage Pail Kid, rather, style art. Right. And I absolutely love it. So uh, side one is all Weird Al. Side two is all Osaka Popstar. Both uh, doing covers of Beat on the Brat. And... Um, Here's the really cool thing. So there's bonus live tracks. So you've got Weird Al doing Beat on the Brat live, and also I Want to Be Sedated live. So I can't wait to hear that. Really? Weird Al doing that? Oh, nice. Okay, I need this record. Yeah, yeah, dude. uh, Yeah, I was really excited to find this, right? Um, I just for, for art alone, I bought it. And then only tonight when I cracked it open to talk, you know, for us to record, I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is really great. I can't wait to give this a, a spin. And then the Osaka pop star, also doing Beat on the Brat, but then he has some live tracks. And so his bonus live tracks, hang on. I am looking for it. Damn it. I'm not seeing the live tracks that he has. Okay, hold on. Oh, so his live tracks, Beat on the Brat Live, of course, Blitzkrieg Bop, but then, get ready for this one, 
one of my favorite Ramon songs, the KKK took my baby away. <laughs> right? That's definite. That that song, just that title alone would kind of like scream Weird Al. Well, it yeah, it does, right? But then, like, do you know the story behind that song? No, and I probably should. Well, Joey would check himself into different mental health institutions occasionally, right? And um, so Joey was, was checked into some institution, and there was this African-American girl there that he became quite, kind of close to. And, you know, she was getting out and going to California, right? Um, and that's when he says, you know, said she's going to L.A., and then she just disappeared. Okay. It, it's like a true story kind of song. But wow. in true Ramones fashion... It's super peppy, you know, <laughs> and it's like, like, like knowing that now, I'm like, wow, like that's heavy, but it was, it was really about this real girl that he knew, you know, and, and I mean, if you think about what was going on, like the, the racial tensions in New York city at that time, oh right? yeah, and then just across the country as well, but you know, like it's not that far out of the question, unfortunately, so yeah, that, that's a whole other interesting thing. Um, but what I wanted to call to your attention is, would you like to know who was the backing band for the live tracks? Who? Yeah. Okay. So Osaka pop star, the singer um, is John Kefiro, um, and he also produced all this, right? But the backing band on guitar, Ivan Julian... Also on guitar, Des Kadena. Okay. Gonna let that sink in for a second. Yeah. On bass, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, um, but Jerry Only. Jerry Only. Yeah, you may have heard of him once or twice. Yeah. Right. And then on drums, Marky Ramone. Ah, wow. So... Misfits, Ramones, and Black Flag represented. <laughs> I don't know if you can get much more punk than that. No, no. No, there's that classic, you know, expression right yeah. there. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so I can't wait to, like, put this album on and give it a spin. Right this on, is, this can be a be looking that up. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and and like I said, the the art, the art's what drew me in because that's what got me uh, in the first place, and uh. I just I I love 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 love. So yeah, if you guys can find it, this this was the last copy at my local record store, um. So hopefully people can still find it somewhere. I'm but, gonna be looking for that. Yeah. I'm gonna be looking for that. I gotta say though, I'm kind of disappointed. Uh, apparently, I was asleep. On the entire um, Black Friday record store day releases this year, I didn't I'm even black. realize they were doing Black Friday drops. Uh, yeah, me, me either. Like, what the, what's going on there? Yeah, and well, it's funny. So, like, sitting down downstairs today, kind of getting ready for this show and getting ready for the Rammy Awards, I'm thinking about this album, thinking about missing the, um, you know, the RSD releases. And while I feel like we did a pretty good job of calling it, covering the main RSD this year, Record Store Day, 
like my my radioactive metal resolution is to um really like try to just set aside time every week where I'm taking a minute to kind of reflect on the metal world and and really make sure that I'm I'm up with it cuz I mean like I love it I listen to stuff all the time I'm checking out new releases every Friday but I'm not writing this shit down and we've already talked about my Alzheimer's you know <laughs> so I'm not remembering what? What? Huh? exactly. I know blue. You know, it's just like I'm not remembering any of this stuff. So that's gonna be one of my things is to sit down, really reflect, write things down so I don't forget. Um, and you know, and we and, and we and we don't miss things like like that. I mean, if I would have found out about this in two years when it's only available on the collector's market and it's you know through the roof prices, I would have been so upset. So upset because just as as I just look at the art alone, dude. I mean, Weird Al doing the Ramones. Mm-hmm. I love Weird Al. I love his sense of humor. I I love his his dedication to musicianship. Like, cause that that's the thing is like everybody just likes to look at Weird Al as like a oh, okay, that's cute. You know, you you take songs that are already there, and and you make up lyrics. No, are you guys listening? He is painstakingly reproducing those. And he's getting real musicians, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Like he's got attention to detail. Like I don't think anybody really respects how much work has to go into what he's doing. You know? Like and Oh, I get it. I get it. Well, yeah. You know, you you would because you understand what what it goes into like what we listen to. But, you know, for the general public that are just so used to getting their music for free now, just, man. So, yeah, just I am so thankful that I found this um, just the other day when we were out. And I have it, and I can't wait to give it a spin. Right on, right on. No, that's definitely on my list. I remember, okay, Beat on the Brat. Okay, like, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of guy that you know, when I'm going about my business or in and around the house and at work, I'm always kind of singing to myself. Okay. And like, that's a pretty catchy tune. Oh, great catchy tune. (laughs) Okay. And for years, okay. I was always singing this song and my daughter, little snowy, who's not, I don't know what it is, but I guess her way of being a rebel is just not getting into music at all. It's unless it's a Disney soundtrack, it's just kind of not her thing. Like like I've said on the show many times, she's the punkest chick you're ever gonna meet that has no interest in the music. Okay, <laughs> but I me. would well, but I would. I'm I always like singing these Ramon songs as I'm as you know I'm going about my business like she she grew up listening to me singing Ramones okay well beat on the brat was always one of those songs <laughs> okay well just just recently about a couple of years ago here in the house when she came when you know cuz she's moved out she spread her wings and all that but she came back she was just hanging out I put some tunes on and I was playing some Ramones, you know, while we're sitting back having coffee together. That song comes on. And she looks at me and she goes, that's actually a song. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I honestly thought all of those years that's just you being you, okay, <laughs> being a smartass. I mean, I knowing I you, I can understand how she'd make that mistake. <laughs> yes, yes. So, oh, so yeah, I'll never forget that conversation. And beat on the brat will always have you know that special place in my heart. I've told you that my mom is, you know, pretty, pretty cool. And when all these other parents were freaking out about um, metal and stuff in the 90s and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, uh, we, we had we had pretty co- clear rules on what was OK, what wasn't OK. And there's only really one song that my mom didn't like, but she loved the Ramones. Right when, on. when I first brought the Ramones home. She just latched onto it. She's like, this is great. Wow, this is great. And, you know, um, she would have missed the Ramones because, you know, she she said basically in Once I Was Born in 1971, she lost touch with pop music for a while until I started listening to pop music, you know. Right. So there's like a decade she missed. Exactly. So there's like a decade she missed. And so as I'm bringing this stuff home, she's like, wow, this is great. She like just loved the Ramones. And Beat on the Brat was a song that she loved because she has that kind of humor. And she would sing to my sister just to watch my sister freak out because my sister hated it. <laughs> you know, and, and full disclosure, um, of the children in the household, the only the only one of the two of us that has ever taken any kind of beating from our parents would have been me. I cannot tell you what I did, but I'm sure I deserved it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I can also promise it never happened again. <laughs> uh-huh. You know. So, uh-huh. you know, my sister really had, had no reason to, to worry, but it just bothered her so bad. So mom would sing it to her all the time. It was great. <laughs> it was so great, you know. Wow. Yeah. So um, the next thing I want to talk about, I wanted to call bullshit on um, you and your, your COVID lockdown. I'm going to tell everybody now that Snowy has no intention of staying in. Um, all of Canada is going out and partying every day um, because when I look at like the map, the COVID map, which I have up right now, there's like three, four, f- no, no, five red dots in all of Canada when essentially the U.S. is red, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, so I think, Snowy, that, you know, you guys just keep this facade up so nobody from the U.S. comes to visit. I think I think that's it. That, like that. That's how. That's how you keep the riffraff out. Oh, sorry guys, our COVID cases are going up. Yeah, get rid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, but all fun and games aside, like, dude, like, I need you up here. Oh, I know. Some dude. sometime in yeah. 2022. Okay. Yeah. Like we we have to get together, you know, and we we have to show the wonderful world of Winnipeg just exactly how it's done. Okay. Concerts are being canceled left and right up here tours are being for you know being postponed and all that it's it's getting brutal now you might see okay just little pockets here okay of cases and you're i'm going to take an ed- very educated guess and saying you're looking at toronto and montreal for all of the red well they're they're like t- tens of thousands of cases every day in those cities popping up because those are the most highly populated. Yeah. That that whole industrial heartland area of Ontario, 
and Quebec and all that. That's where most of the population is. When I look at your cases, though, um, I can tell you that we are super jealous because, (laughs) hang on, you guys, your 28-day case. Now, I I totally understand why you guys are on lockdown and why you're staying in because your 28-day cases actually puts you up pretty high. I mean, you're still not in the top 10, but um, it's way higher than what it's been for you. And your total number of cases is still lower than a lot of places. And your deaths are phenomenally low. And cheers to that. For sure. Yeah, for e- sure. even the 28-day. I mean, when, when you look at 28 days in the U.S., we're talking 39,000 deaths. Uh, Canada's 540. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's fantastic. Um, you know, and it's, ladies and gentlemen, we are certainly not making any kind of light of this. It's fun or whatever. Not at all. We're, not we're, at all. we're poking fun at each other, more or less. Um, but, because we'll always do that, you and I. Yeah, but I do want to play a fun game with you. Right? Oh, okay. I, I got a couple of um, of news things. And we're, you have to guess if it was, um, if it happened during President Obama, President Trump, or President Biden. Uh, okay. All right, you ready? Uh, yeah. First one. Um, little immigrant children in cages. Was that Obama, Trump, or Biden? You remember those those images? I, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to I think that was um Obama because the Republicans were making such a big deal about that, you know, anti anti Democrat. So, very good. That was Obama. But uh, the reason I brought that one up is because people have been blaming that on Trump. Well, okay, yeah, but that that was happening. Yeah. That, that 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 was going on, and then shortly after that, Trump his tyranny started. Yes. All right. Now, we've had the vaccine over a year now, right? It it would have come out like September twenty twenty. Right. All right. So knowing that, I want to read you a statement from the White House. Okay. The statement says, for the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. Trump, Obama, well, you know Obama's out. So Trump or Biden? Uh, that that could be either because just the way the state of affairs in the US is right now but i'm going to say trump during the trump administration you would think that that is like something that trump would say right that's a, or um, that's biden saying that against trump like oh. as pro- as propaganda against trump exactly exactly but yeah no this is, this is biden and it's it's like it's not funny, but it's funny to me because if Trump had said this, you know, the press would have been out of their minds, all, all over it. How yeah. dare you, Mister President? How dare you? You don't care about America, and like, like, and this is Obama or not Obama? I'm sorry, Biden, Biden. Um, but the the other fun thing about Biden is. I I I find and you know for, for anyone who's who's listening to the show for the first time, I don't like anybody in office. Um, you uh-huh. know, 
uh-huh. I, I, I really don't. Um, you know, I, I, I need uh, my buddy and I were talking about this. We need like a, like a middle of the road party. Um, you know, so, somebody who's, who's kind of willing to work in the middle and like really get some shit done. But like, the, the funny thing about like Biden to me is Biden is the president that everybody made fun of Ronnie for being. You know, because you know how everyone's like, oh, Ronald Reagan, like like the Genesis videos where they, you know, they make fun of him to like being senile out of his mind and stuff. And I'm like, I think we have that president right now. <laughs> yeah. Because you just, did you hear, so are you familiar with the Let's Go Brandon thing? Uh, you know what? That really only came to my attention just within the last couple of days. Okay. But yeah, I, I am. Yeah. Well, so for our listeners who are not aware, um, apparently at a, at NASCAR, go figure, um, surprise, at a NASCAR surprise, rally, surprise. Um, uh, some driver won, and in the back, the crowd is jump, um, shouting, fuck Joe Biden, super loud, right? Mm-hmm. And the, um, the, the the interviewer trying to spin it, they're like, yeah, listen to that. Isn't that great? They're all chanting, let's go, Brandon. And you can clearly hear that's not what they're saying. Right? Uh-huh. You know, so obviously, like, all the smart asses in the world have run with it. And, like, you can get Let's Go Brandon t-shirts and all this sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, there, there was a member of Congress that wore um, a, a mask, like the face mask, that said, Let's Go Brandon. <laughs> right? And just recently, somebody was talking to um, Biden and I, I think it was like like during like an interview for um for, for and and this is this is the, the kind of the crappy part because they were like talking to him about like the NORAD track Santa thing and th- this is where I draw the line, ladies and gentlemen. You don't fuck with Santa for anybody. All right, so this mm-hmm. is off limits. Don't fuck with Santa. Don't fuck with little kids' dreams. That's you right. Know, like don't, don't just don't like non negotiable. Um, but anyway, the guy's interviewing him and he's like, oh yeah, Mr. President, one more thing. He's like, let's go, Brandon. And, and Biden's like, I agree. Let's go, Brandon. And like even CNN picked that up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm just like, oh, oh, that's funny. That's some funny stuff right there. Cause he has to know by now. Oh yeah, exactly. What's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, maybe he's just kind of deflecting it. Ah, maybe, but like to me, that felt felt like the most or, Ronnie moment that everybody thought yeah. that Ronnie was going to do. Or Biden's just a senile old man. See, I think they, he is. This, this is the great thing about being a punk rocker in Canada, okay? Because your politics and everything that goes on down down south is fucking hilarious. Because like, it's not Republican Democrat. It's Republican. Oh, it's absolutely Republican, right? Like left wing, right wing, all in the same bird, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, yeah. And, and I'm glad you're enjoying nothing. it. I am so glad you're enjoying it because you don't have to live through it. So, uh, yeah, well, welcome to the shit show. I'm glad we can put on a great performance for you. Try the veal. Um, yeah. but, try, try the waitress, tip the veal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, well, that's kind of what we did in the in the country, you know, cow tipping, but um, 
Yeah. Did I tell you I have a friend at work who had a calendar of the Prime Minister of Canada? Okay, the current Prime Minister? What, Justin, Justin Trudeau. Does that Justin sound right? Trudeau, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like, why? And, and like, I know she's a big hockey fan. I'm like... Is this for like like the Canada hockey? She's like, no, I just think he's eye candy. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> this is so funny. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no. Okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm pretty quote unquote liberal. Yeah. Okay. I've heard the, that about you. The the current political party, their current reign of terror in Canada are the liberals, but yeah. Uh, I don't think they're very liberal, okay. And of course, just Justin Trudeau was was reelected, and that's the son of Pierre Elliott Trudeau, who was was a half decent prime minister, like when I when I was growing up. Fortunately, yeah, his son really isn't taking the mantle and running with it. I hear your next prime minister <laughs> so, is going to be Cornelius Fudge. Uh, hey, sure. <laughs> Let's 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 get Bob and Doug McKenzie in there. <laughs> like really, this this goes back to what I'm saying. The only the only politician I have any faith in is the Green Party councilman in Burnaby, BC, Mr. Joe Keithley, Joey Shithead. Joey from Shithead the, from the mighty DOA. Yeah, that's the only because we've been voting green. For years, because we we got tired of the bullshit, not only in the U.S., but the bullshit politics up here. You know, our our left wing really isn't that left of our far right. Well, the problem is our left wing is so far left and our right wing is so far right that they both met each other on the other fucking side. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's all the same damn thing. Yeah. But it's like it's like okay, like um, hey guys, we have a problem over here, and they're all like a thousand miles away from it, you know, because everybody is so busy fighting each other and being so extreme, and um, that thing on the White House, like that was one of those things that I thought somebody faked. Um, that I read you about the death, you know, a, a, a winter of death and severe illness, and. Thankfully, somebody picked it up and faked White House Christmas cards, like wishing you a holiday season of death and destruction. I'm like, I'm like, that's so metal. I just love that. Uh huh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and when but but when we do it, there's not really any politics involved. Where it's it's swords and sorcery and exactly. dragons, and, uh, which is exactly Conan for president. Yeah. Okay, and I'm not talking Arnie, baby. I'm talking. I see. I'd still vote for Arnie. <laughs> I like you. You give me Arnie, Ted Nugent, and Tom Morello oh. in the White House. You give me hey. those three in the White House. Put put them in positions where they have to work with each other and get policies together. We're gonna get some good shit done. We are. We're okay. we're gonna we're gonna come out with stuff that's gonna benefit a large group of people because yes. those three couldn't be more opposite. Well, we're going to benefit a large group of people known as our listeners with some cool tunes here. What should we go with? Okay, this year saw yeah. a really cool release from uh, the from Deceased. 
King 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 Fowley, good friend of the show. We've had him on the show before. We'll have him on again. Deceased put out a really cool covers compilation album called Thrash Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. Okay, and here we are going back to the golden age because it's basically King and his buddies and Deceased all got together and hammered out this collection of wicked cover songs from the 80s let's go with a cover of death wish okay the 80s underground thrash not the 90s hardcore band not the death wish inc not the skateboard company not, not the, the coffee company. movie yeah just, just we're talking we're talking the almost original death wish the 80s thrash band let's go with the title track from their demon preacher album by the mighty deceased
One of the cool releases of 2021 came from Canadian Thrasher's VHS, their album, I Heard They Suck Blood, is available right now from the good folks at Wise Blood Records. Great label. We've been behind them right from the start, and we will definitely be doing a lot more. I, I need I need VHS on the show like 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 i said they're good canadian boys a love of horror and metal dude right there for sure that was the track fake blood and push-up bras gotta love that title (laughs) i feel like they said hey let's write a song about snowy's childhood (laughs) there we are there we are for sure, for sure. And before that, General Surgery are back with a new EP, A Legendary Death, which is available on Bandcamp right now. Go check them out. That is the title track, A Legendary Death. Good stuff, good stuff. Right on, right on. So, dude, what else is going on in your cerebral cortex? Well, man, um, watched a couple movies. Um, one, well, in just different shows and stuff. So, have you heard of or seen the movie Ron's Gone Wrong? Ron's Gone Wrong. No, I have not. Okay. Uh, seriously, you need to. It's funny as hell. It's definitely a kid's movie, but the premise is... Um, that kids need a device to interact and help them make friends. Um, and they spend all day checking in with this device. And this one kid doesn't have this device, and he's kind of the outcast. He can't make any friends because he doesn't have it, because he doesn't have anything to interact and connect over this network for friends, right? And so his... His dad and grandma buy him a busted one off the back of a truck. And all <laughs> hell breaks loose. And it's wonderful. And it's so... It, this is a movie that I saw a preview th- for. It looks stupid. And then when we sat down to watch it, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have seen this in a the theater. It's so good. Um, and it's so close to real life. It's terrifying. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, have you been checking out Hawkeye? Yes, yes, the whole series. Uh, me too, me too. I, I wrapped it up on Wednesday or whatever last week. Thoughts? Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I really think, like, the, okay, Hawkeye, Black Widow and all that, like, in terms of the Avengers, okay, like, the focus has always been, you know, on uh, Iron Man, particularly Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the, the whole MCU are all Iron Man movies. Yeah, yeah, it, okay. it, it revolved around it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, Thor, they always got the attention. But the last couple of years, okay, the Black Widow movie and the Hawkeye series really, really fleshed out these characters and really gave us some cool stuff. And the Hawkeye series was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and and you know what? I just watched the the uh, the Black Widow movie too. Dude, it was so good. And you really understand a lot more about Natasha. And mm-hmm. you start to understand that di- dynamic between her and Hawkeye. And oh, for I sure. love how that I'm I'm glad I watched it because 
that carried forward into the Hawkeye series. Right, with her sister. Yeah. Yeah, and, and sure. you, know, you know what else has been good? Uh, I think that I really like about Hawkeye is, you know, you don't see a lot of these heroes having to deal with consequences for their actions kind of thing. And you you really got to see it where, you know, for um, I, w- without giving too many spoilers, you know, Hawkeye is going through some stuff in Endgame. Until Natasha kind of brings him back and they actually, you know, deal with him having to kind of pay for that. Right. You know, and him really taking the high road and being like, no, listen, this is what happened. This is why I did it. You know, you know, you and I are the same, that that kind of stuff. Um, but also it, it was really interesting to see how polarized people were by him. They were either loved him or hated him. Did you notice that? Did you get, kind of catch that vibe? Mm. No, that's an interesting take. Well, I, like I saw, like like the um that the LARPing guild, right? Okay. Like they were all they all worshipped him, right? Kate Bishop worships him, but like Kate's uh, parents, her possible, you know, her 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 mom's fiance, really not fans. You know, like like they really right. seem to kind of despise him a bit. And I just I found that very interesting, you know. Well, yeah, it was an, it was it was definitely a new way to go. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. Right. All right. So, how about the show that people have been waiting for since, um, well, since he was fed to um, the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> okay, I think I know where you're going with this. Right, the book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett, yeah. So, have you have you had a chance to watch that one? Uh, we did, we did. Uh, yeah, okay. What like when when the Disney like we have Disney Plus and obviously yeah. obviously and all that. Like whenever there is a new episode, like that's what we are doing that night. Okay, everything else kind of goes on hold. We have dinner in the living room as as a family, and we watch whatever episode of whatever show. Okay, and that was that was the book of Boba Fett. Like we we have to watch it the first night. Okay, and we definitely did with that. And I have to admit, I really dug. Like I I enjoyed finally seeing in Star Wars canon. Okay. How Fett got out of the out, out of the pit of Harkoon, out of the Sarlacc. Okay. Yes. Okay. It was so cool to finally see exactly how he did that because in the licensed Star Wars products and all that, and I'm maybe maybe they showed it and maybe they didn't. I didn't see everything, but how how he came about and how he got out yeah. was just part of Star Wars Legends. Him coming out of the pit is now canon. Yes. Which I think, I think as a Star Wars nerd, I just, yes, yes, this is awesome. This is awesome. That said, though, it was a little underwhelming, okay? Because they, it, it, it's like they just, okay, this is what happened. And it really only took a minute for him to get out of this 
this very powerful creature plant or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like overall, did you feel like the episode was short? Like, I think it's what only 30 minutes, right? Um, I don't know exactly. It, it, it did seem to go by, but we were hooked. Like we were, we, we were waiting for this. Yeah. Us too. But like all of a sudden, like, cause I turned, I turned to my son. I'm like, man, that feels short. He's like, yeah. I, like it, it really felt like it felt like the first episode ended kind of abruptly, right? You know, and I I like the way that they did it through the the backstory flashback kind of thing without right. without giving away too much. Um, I and, I appreciate that approach for um, sure, and I also like him kind of because I mean, if, if for anybody who's watching this series, hopefully you caught the the last episode of the Mandalorian where he basically goes to Jabba's palace and assumes the, the role of Jabba. Right. And right. I like that he's going around to all the, what provinces will say on Tatooine and they're coming to him and he's, you know, basically saying like, Hey, uh, I'm the new ruler, you know? Right. I'm, I'm taking over for Jabba. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I really liked the um, he's like Jabba ruled with fear. I plan to rule with respect. Right. I and I I I think the reason I like that is because that you know goes back to the fact that Boba Fett's still a Mandalorian. You know, even mm-hmm. if his dad um, was kind of disowned for what he did with the whole Clone Clone Wars thing and that sort of stuff, and like he's he's still a mandalorian there's still that code and i'm sure his dad was still teaching him that code and and you really still kind of see that where yeah the mandalorians might you know live a pretty hard life there but there is still a very distinct set of values you know oh no for sure for yeah. sure it's almost it, it like it's and while I'm not a big fan of like Scarface and The Godfather and all that, I think they probably drew some influence of the gangster films for for that because Star Wars has always wore its influence on its sleeve. Like you could see, Star Wars was okay. It was inspired by Flash Gordon, okay, yeah. and you saw the spaghetti western you know, in, influence in it as well. And the old samurai, like, like this is all stuff Lucas himself will tell you. Right. And, and all that. And I think it was a really good spin for a modern program and for today's audience. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yes. Well, it's man, as a kid, it's what I've always wanted. Right. <laughs> because when you think about where we were left with Return of the Jedi right. and just, you know, them going back to Tatooine and all these characters and, and stuff on Tatooine. It's like, oh, man, I a big part of Star Wars took place on Tatooine. And so you we've all you just want to know more. You want you know? to see it. Yeah. yeah. And. For for them it, to to go back in the Mandalorian and all the different places they went in the Mandalorian, but just to see, I guess to be back in that time because I mean the the new Star Wars movies, you know, seven, eight, nine, those are what twenty twenty years after, thirty years after something like yep. that. Yeah. So 
you know, time, time has lapsed, things have changed, things are different. And it's great to be taken back to, to that, that section as a kid that I wanted more on. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, no, I want to see more. And uh, dude, how about the creatures? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, okay. Spoiler. Okay. But, um, that, yeah, that, that one creature with the four arms and all that. Yes. That, that was right out of Greek mythology. That's yes. the, first, the first thing I thought of. It's like this. It shouldn't be Boba Fett fighting this. It should be Hercules or yeah. Perseus or Thor or something. This is this is right out of those old stories, and no doubt that's where they got the influence from. Oh, that yeah. for well, sure. Star Wars always had great creatures, great creature design. And I love just, just their imaginations just ran wild as they created all these very distinct races that were not necessarily human looking. Some of them were. Right. And But they had these other just insane creatures. Like, I mean, heck, the sand people with their complete own language, you know, that's just grunts and sounds and stuff. Right. And, because, yeah, because we're talking a whole galaxy. Yeah. So you, if if it's just a bunch of humans or humanoid, then it's not going to be very realistic. And of course, we're talking science fiction, and I'm saying the word realistic. But okay, but when you're thinking an an endless universe, there are creatures out there that aren't going to have that have never even heard of humans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's what the Star Wars universe, you know, kind of has no problems going through. I found the whole first episode, you saw the Jawas. Yes. You saw saw the Tusken Raiders, the Sand People. Yeah. They had that Rodian character that was captured, enslaved with him. And, and, you know, okay. You saw him coming out of the Sarlacc pit. This episode was a total fan service for you and I. Well, yes, and and especially uh, spoiler alert, when they go back to the cantina and you see the cantina band, mm-hmm. like I was like like the the inner child of me was just doing somersaults. Oh God, yeah, you know, for sure, for sure. I want okay. I want to ask you something because yeah. I was I brought this up with Mrs. Snowy and as as well, and we're still kind of scratching our head. Bib Fortuna, yes, okay. Java's interpret interpreter in in Jedi there okay was he not on the barge above the Sarlacc pit when it blew up so I can't remember I thought he was and that's when I they because they yeah. talked about Bib Fortuna ruling afterwards right after Jabba yeah. yeah and then and then Fett took over took took over him like you said at the end of the mandalorian you saw the teaser and all that and of course if you're not into the whole geek culture and all that our apologies we're gonna get to some medals soon but you got to give us a couple minutes here because remember (laughs) it's our new year's party all kinds of conversation happens on our new year's party yeah we don't have we don't have the uh we, we we don't have a format tonight yeah um so like what's up with that like where I thought Bib Fortuna was dead, or is this like one of those plot holes that we're not supposed to think about? 
So, okay, here we go. Because I'm looking it up now because I'm like, yeah, because you're <laughs> right. He was on the sail barge. Okay. Um, but then they say that Fortuna's fate after these is left ambiguous in the film. In the expanding universe, Star Wars Legends, Fortuna survives the battle, escaping before the sail barge's destruction and returning to the palace. Okay, so that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's now canon, then. Yes. Okay. I I have kissed a girl, I promise. I have had sex, I have kissed a girl, okay? I'm 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 not nearly as nerdy as we're coming across, but yeah, I am. Okay, I've been the last couple of days. I've been binging the Big Bang Theory. I so, really need yeah. to watch that. You realize I've never seen it more than like an episode or two. No. Yeah. No, it's definitely something. Like I can't believe it's gone twelve seasons. I can't either. Like it's like really that's one dumb. more than Mash. That's one yeah. more than Mash. <laughs> you know, it's like holy jeez, and like the strength in that in that series, like when when I enjoyed the Big Bang Theory the most, okay, is when they focused on geek culture. You know, when they showed their love of Star Wars and Star Trek and comic books, and they're they're scientists, and you know, they're they're nerds, they're geeks. Yeah, there were sometimes though there were some episodes where it was like friends okay except they had like a green arrow t-shirt on or something and yes like, uh, you know it's like can we can we get back to what this show is about it was the same thing with that 70s show like i do you remember that dude were you ever so i've only watched a handful 70s? of those episodes too Okay, well, the strength of that show was nostalgia for the 70s. And when they focused on that, when they focused on the culture of 70s, the pop culture and just the whole era, that's the that was that show's strength. Every once in a while, though, once they started getting into the relationships and the breakups and the makeups and all that, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to, I don't care. I don't care about their relationships. Let's talk about Fog Hat. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like that's that that's what that was all about. And that was the same thing with the Big Bang Theory. When they focused on the geek culture, the show was on fire. When they got away from that and like started catering more to a mainstream audience, that's when I was kind of like, uh, I could be watching something else right now, but. On the other hand, though, and that kind of make makes me think like there really isn't okay with with the success of that show, with the huge success of the MCU, the Marvel movies, okay, being a geek, okay, really isn't you know it. Like it's 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 nothing to be ridiculed for. Like like when yeah, we finally, te- yeah. Like when we were te- and 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 good. And I'm glad because when we were when we were teenagers, okay, the nerds, the geeks, okay, those aforementioned preppies and all that. They you know look look at this fucking geek. Look at this nerd, and and all that. Like there was this huge prejudice against geek culture and and all that and now now 
the normies, the preppies, okay, are piling into the Spider-Man movies, to the Avenger movies, especially like Endgame. Like I know a lot of a, a lot of normies that never read a comic book in their life piled in for those last couple of Avenger movies yep. and all that. Just 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 to check it out. You know, so like yeah, there really isn't like there isn't that dis that disconnect between normies and geeks anymore, and it it's a good thing. What well, and look at the actors they're getting into these movies, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, not just Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, right? Because I I honestly don't know if anybody could have ever done a better Tony Stark than he did, right? Like just the way he played that character. But, you know, think about, oh, and you, everyone's going to be screaming at the radios. I can't remember the actress's name. And I promise, like, I know her more as a, from than Elaine on Seinfeld. But Elaine on Seinfeld has made oh, it to the yeah. MCU, right? She has. Uh, and um, Louise Dreyfus. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because I just, I love her to pieces. Um, but... Are you familiar with um, the show The Good Place? It ran for, I think, three seasons on NBC? No. Okay. I think it, it is... Um, oh, let's see here. I think it is on Netflix now, all, all the seasons. But um, she... Uh, like that... Um, this actress, Jamila J. I became um, aware of her because of that show, and she played this fantastic, horrible person character. And then I started following her on social media, and I, I just I love her to pieces because she is constantly speaking out about body shaming, about um, the predatory acts of detox diets and um, weight loss this type of time of year. You know, um, the way that uh, women are viewed in the industry, she's insanely open about just the things that she went through. She's like, listen, she's like, 2021, was it 2021 or 2020? Well, she was saying that it was, was a rough year. She's like, you know, I literally contemplated suicide. And here I am at the end of the year now making my debut in the Marvel Universe. You know, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. being a part of the, and I bring that up to say that like being a part of the MCU is like a badge of honor for an actor or actress now. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, I, I, I guess it'd probably be like the modern equivalent of being in a Bond movie. Oh, Maybe? for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. The Bond girl. Yeah. Yeah, it was that was a bad that was a badge of honor for the young actresses for sure. Yeah, but but thankfully it's not just being a bond girl right is it's not being the eye candy like like we're we're getting top-notch actors and actresses that really want to dig into these characters because let's face it you know the comic book writing has been some of the best modern storytelling going on for the past what 50 years oh for sure yeah you know yeah if, if not more no i get it i get it no, no, I, I totally see it. No, no. Uh, okay. So here, here's what I love about, about this, this woman. March 2020, she posed fully clothed in a suit and tie for Playboy. Okay. And well, yeah, Play, Playboy doesn't have nudity anymore. 
Well, they yeah they they go back and forth. Like they didn't, oh, okay. then they did, then they did, then they didn't. Like, I I think they currently are having nudity again. Well, I hope so. But but the point is, like, this is what I like about her. She specifically goes to that right because um, she's an attractive woman and she knows it and she uses that right and that that this is why this is one of the things I respect her because she's fully aware of how society is and she's using it against that mainstream and it's this is the kind of stuff that just makes me really really respect her and just applaud her she's like for my playboy shoot i wanted to be shot like a man no retouch no retouching high res loose comfortable clothes completely unsexualized i felt extremely free and that's completely the opposite of what people want to see there and she's basically like yeah screw you like if I because you're not going to want to see a man naked in this magazine, are you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I just I love it, man. Like she she's just I like if I I feel if I, if if I say like she's a lot of fun, that's going to sound like patronizing or whatever. But I'm like not the way that I mean it. Like she is somebody to watch, and mm. she is a man. She's a voice of reason and insanity. And it's great. And she's going to be in the She-Hulk um, series that's coming up. And I, I can't uh-huh. wait to see She-Hulk. I'm looking so forward to that. Okay. I, there is no way. Okay. Like, you remember, like, what, like, there is so many, okay, of these Marvel characters and DC characters and all that, okay, that there is no way when we were kids could they properly do an ant-man movie could they properly do an aquaman movie like it's just we we didn't have the technology back then right and we have it now and here here we are at 50 we're finally seeing everything that we wanted to see at 10 yes (laughs) you know when it really as much as it means to me now because i've held on to all of that it would have meant like the world back then and all that. So yeah, I'm definitely, definitely enjoying all of that. And she Hulk mood Knight, the, the Kenobi series, like this is all stuff that we're waiting for. And I would, we never would have been able to get a she Hulk series back then. Now you might think, well, remember the seventies Hulk, you know, with Lou Ferrigno and all that, that was great. Like that, we had the Hulk. Yeah, but okay. Even as like a ten-year-old, okay, an eight-year-old, however I was when I first saw, like the Incredible Hulk TV show, the first thing I saw or thought was, this Hulk is awfully small. Okay, because the Hulk that we saw in the comics was eight feet tall. He, he weighed a thousand pounds, you know, like no human could be the Hulk properly. And I, I think we've talked about this before, but thankfully, like, this is one of those times where I thank my dad for not letting me get all the comics I wanted to get. So my exposure to the Hulk was typically just on the cover of a magazine or the cover of a comic where he didn't look quite as large as he would in the pages 
or like some of the uh, the animated things where he wasn't as large, where he was more the same size as the rest of the people. So for me, and the fact that um, Bill Bixby, <laughs> right? right, like like was was a diminutive stature kind of man. They they really played up on that and made him look diminutive. Like the difference between those two was, and and the fact that I just also always love the Jekyll Hyde story, and that's really what this. That, is, that's exactly right? what Hulk is. I've yeah. said that right from as a kid. Yeah, the Hulk is basically Doctor Jekyll and Mister Mister Hyde. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, right? And so for me, like I, I, I was completely bought in, completely bought in, especially. Because where, you know, I've said this before, like I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So other than like my family and the handful of people I saw at school, I wasn't seeing anybody the size of Lou Ferrigno. I didn't know that a human could actually work out to get to be that size. You know, the whole well, Mr. There Universe were thing. bodybuilders. There was pro wrestlers. No, dude. You do not understand how isolated I was. Wow. Like, so... Yeah, you've seen the Beverly Hillbillies, right? Of course. Okay. So, you know when they're trekking through the woods to, to like, get to the cabin to first say, hey, uh -huh. you know, we want to buy this oil? That's uh -huh. essentially where I grew up. Don't tell me that, because I'll just call you Jed from now on. You can totally call, I call me Jed, and I will wear that with honor, because... um. My mom and I, uh, like, any time we get to an argument, we were trying to, like, you know, turn back around. She'd look at me, she'd like, your mother wears army boots. You know, because that was the thing with Granny, because yes. Granny in her army boots, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Your mother wears military-issue foot apparel. Exactly. Say, right. say that to people. That fucks them up. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's too much for me. But yeah, like, so now you can totally call me Jeb, but that's literally what it was like growing up where I grew up. Like, I was so out in the boonies, dude. So out in the boonies. I, I need to jump oh. back into the DeLorean, go and find you, okay? Because you and I, as friends, as teenagers, because we're the same age, man. Yeah. We would have tore Pennsylvania up. It would have been a good time, but again... Like there was no getting out of my backwoods area, dude. I would have found a way. Not not till I, you know, got my license and started learning my way around stuff, but just we didn't go into the city very much, you know, like my and I think part of it is like my um my my mom and uh, like her side of the family like grew up in in Pittsburgh, like in the city. And they moved out to the country and they moved out for a reason and never want to go back, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, well, okay, but didn't you have a Fisher back then? And a Fisher is the, the, the guy who was okay, it would have been 21 for you, but here in Canada, okay, a Fisher is a guy that if you were underage. You knew someone that was 18 that would go buy liquor for you. So, no. I never knew that person. No? No. Oh, because okay. that's how uh, out in the backwoods <laughs> I was. Okay, but then I, I had an older brother who was about four years older than us. Okay, so he had friends. And, okay, sh my brother more than once 
did a liquor run for us growing up. Well, his, funny you his, should his, mention his, that. His now, his now wife, just his girlfriend in high school, she went to the liquor store for me more than once and all that. So, like, we would have a guy 13, 14 years old, okay? Yeah. On Saturday nights, okay, he he would go to the beer store, the liquor store for us, and it only cost us about just he would charge us a couple bucks. Two two bucks in nineteen eighty five was a lot of money for a thirteen, fourteen year old. Yes, okay. yes it was. Yeah. So that that that's what he was charged, but it was a Saturday night. We always had to wait until hot and you're gonna love this, okay? We always had to wait. Until Hockey Night in Canada was over. Oh, that's so Canadian. <laughs> oh. it's like, so we would go to his place. That's the greatest okay. stereotype you could have told me right now. <laughs> it's like, dude, we're we're going to get you to go to the liquor store or the beer store for us. Okay, well, we're in the third period. So we would have to hang out with this guy at his place to watch the third period of the hockey game. So Before great. he would go to the beer liquor store for us. Oh God! At least he had his priorities oh. straight. He did. He did. He had, we we always had to make sure that the hockey game was over before before he went and corrupted us like that. Like, so that's just that's just one of those memories I will never forget. The only way I was getting any kind of liquor is if you went to a friend's house and. We could sneak just the right amount out of each of the bottles of the parents' liquor cabinet without and then you raising concern. No, 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 no. Like, no? because well, because they're gonna know if it's watered down, right? Yeah. But so you only take so much, well, and then but you you've also but you just have to do just enough so they feel like they're going crazy. Like so, it's like, what is that lower? No, no, it's not lower. <laughs> like um, my parents kept a bottle of vodka. No, my grandparents kept a bottle of vodka in the fridge that um, we eventually just emptied. But my grandmother, okay. my my grandmother seriously thought that the vodka was just evaporating. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay, well, Keith, that's the thing about grandmas, though, and gra- grandparents. They think the world of their grandkids, and they can do no wrong. You know, their their actual kids are hellions. Well. Okay, but the grandkids are complete angels. I think they knew, and I think they just let me think I was getting away with it. It could be. Because yeah. my <laughs> uncle was said hellion. And, you know, as time went on, the stories came out. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's nothing I can do that he hasn't pulled off. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, in in true 80s stereotype, you know, my uncle being that level of hellion, by the end of the 80s, oh, what was the church? Um, Worldwide Church of God, I think. Okay. Um, that that he joined, and you know him and his wife, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, like when you talk about a one eighty, total one eighty. But that man could still drink. I, I'm <laughs> I, I'm assuming he's probably stopped by now. But when he had a toothache, he'd take a shot of whiskey <laughs> and swish it until he could get to the dentist. Yeah. 
Yeah, that seems to be the be-all, end-all. Yeah. Okay, dude, you know what? I yeah. have to take a serious leak here. Oh, me too. So, well, okay, good. So what we're going to do is we're going to drop a track. Let's put on some right tunes. Right now, give ourselves a bathroom break. Uh, definitely one of the standout bands and tracks this year is the band Living Metal. Oh, I love that title. Their um, latest record, Do You Believe in Steel, is available now. And this is the title track. Enjoy Living Metal.
feels a lot better. <laughs> Likewise. We had to powder our noses, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. That's right. For sure. For sure. That was the new single from Vanek. And of course, Vanek, okay, his solo project, 
Okay, he's he's got some kick-ass stuff, but he's probably most known for his work with the Mighty Midnight. Of course, good friends of Radioactive Metal, and we will have Midnight on. We'll have Paul Vanek on as well. Like just like 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 I said, there's just so many awesome bands out there, and every band has a story. And I'm sure when we get the chance, Mr. Vanek will tell us all about the new single, This Skull is For You. Well, my friend, I want to thank you uh, so much for uh, making, like like I said at the top of the hop, this was my New Year's Eve party. Nothing's going on up here, and it's you, me, and my buddy Jack. And we had one hell of a time before... We get on out of here, though, because unfortunately all good things do have to come to an end. We want to say thank you and horns up to all of the amazing people that make Radioactive Metal the amazing show that it is. Starting with, first and foremost, the listeners. If you're just tuning in for the first time, or if you've been with us off and on, or every episode for the last 15 years, we want to thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, this, this, this is why we do it. We love to sit down, get together, you and I, shoot the shit, play some tunes, and we love the fact there are so many people all over the world that tune in every week just to put up with our bullshit. It's absolutely fantastic. So thank you, all yeah. of our listeners. Thank um, you very friend. much. And we are happy to be your escape for the week. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I like to think that because every episode starts Friday mornings, available for download, we're kind of getting their, the, the weekends off on the right foot. You know, we're, we're, we're putting a smile on your face on your way to work Friday mornings or, you know, maybe you're uh, I, I like the idea of maybe some of our listeners sneaking their phone and their headphones in while they're at school Fridays listening to us during biology class or something. I like that. You you if, if you're doing that horns up. Do you think anybody <laughs> still does it anymore? I, I hope so. I like to think we have listeners that do that. Well, I, I think more, do we have to, do you think anybody has to sneak it? Or do you think it's just something people expect nowadays? Well, like if, like, like a teacher in high school is not, like, like we had Walkmans, okay? Where for our younger listeners, that's where we had this little machine, like your phone, sort of, kind of. But it played a cassette, Okay. <laughs> now, we used to kind of have to have, if we wanted to listen while class was in, we would have to make sure that the teacher never saw the, the cassette on or the Walkman on our person, and we kind of had to hide the headphones in our hair. or. Like, and that's why we had long hair and jean jackets. Okay, yeah. Right? Well, for, yeah, for sure. You think it's a fashion statement. No, we're hiding our headphones. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that was all about. Well, so if if you're doing that on the sly or perhaps 
you're listening to radioactive metal while you're at work on Fridays, horns up. I love you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and what's funny is like, I, I asked that question because nobody can imagine, um, like not having a phone on them where they can get a call or a text at any right. time. Oh, it, it must be just brutal for teachers these days. And when I think about that, I had to take a quarter with me just in case I needed to make a phone call from the school. Make a phone payphone. call, yes. Uh-huh. And I had to have the numbers memorized. Uh-huh. You know, nobody does that anymore. And oh, I am so dumbed down. You're right. I, I remember just, you know, be like when when I was doing training at work and we'd have somebody new and we'd be like, okay, well, you kind of need to stay off your phone. But uh, what if somebody needs to get a hold of me? I'm like, yeah, you can talk to them later. But what if it's an emergency? I'm like, if it's an emergency, I'm sure they'll get a hold of you. And unless you're a doctor, <laughs> you're not going to be that much help. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. and, and there was pe- no such thing as an emergency when we were kids. When I would say that, though, people would get so offended. Like, well, no, but I need to know. I'm like, but are you a medical doctor? Is there anything you can do? Like, I get that you want to worry, but what good is worrying going to do you? And right. and that's my very like Spock logic, right? That that that's where the Vulcan comes out. Um, <laughs> because I'm geek. like, like you're not <laughs> if you, if you're not a doctor, what the hell do you think you're gonna do? Right. Are you, you going to go operate? What the fuck? You know? No. No, no, for yeah. sure. So thank you once again, all of our listeners. We want to say thank you and horns up, and we love you so much to our spouses, Mrs. Aaron and Mrs. Snowy, because I'm sure there is more than, you know, one, one, more than one time throughout the, throughout the year. I'm sure there's stuff. They would rather us be doing with them than sitting down and pressing record and all that. But they understand the importance of the show, what it means to you and I, what it means to our listeners and all that. So thank you so much for all of your understanding and all of your support. I I could not imagine my life without her. Just as like I'm sure you could not imagine your life without Mrs. Aaron. And oh, we yeah. really appreciate everything that they bring what you don't see okay in making a show like this is all the behind the scenes stuff okay like you you'll turn into rate tune into radioactive metal and bang you got a kick-ass interview with this band okay well there are people that we work with and we're not going to mention any names and what they do and all that because they like to work behind the scenes. Okay. But there are people, PR band managers, even roadies, just like there are people behind the scenes that we work together to bring you all of these kick-ass interviews and content. We want to thank all of those people for all of their hard work and what they do to make us sound bitchin'. And without without mentioning any names, I will never forget the time I got this email right out of the blue. Okay. Saying, hey, Snowy, um, I represent these bands. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm working in PR. I represent these bands. I do this. I do that. And meanwhile, this person, okay, 
was someone that I greatly admired within the music industry for what she contributed, who basically I was a fan, okay, of this person. And now who this I'm we are now not fans. We are associates of we work together with these amazing people after 15 years i still love that i i'm still blown away that this person thinks of me you know not as a fan but as a co-worker and i i i still i still can't get over that so thank you thank you for everyone behind the scenes you know that takes their time out to help us look so good I want to thank every and you know some sometime late later on we'll probably get into this a little more detailed as we do more year end type episodes and all that but I want to thank every band every artist that took time out to hang out with us and to be a creature feature or a net or an extended indie spotlight on this show like the band interviews are the life's blood of the show and it's still something i never get tired of okay like when i'm i'm I, we're we're still fans we're okay. fans first like, oh for sure agree. for sure and while like when we do an interview like with a band or an or an artist or whoever's contributing whatever behind the scenes okay while they might, I love those interviews. While they're not necessarily household names, they're not Ozzy, they're not Halford, they're not, they're not Dio or whatever. But as a teenager, I really loved Band X. Okay, and while they're not huge, they were huge for me. They were rock stars for me, and so when they're hanging out with me in a hotel room and they're buying me beers and we're hanging out on the bus or in the van and all that. That, that means a lot to this day, like to this day. (laughs) Okay. When I've said, whenever I get tired or when doing a band interview is no longer exciting or whatever, that's when I hang it up and that's, that's never going to happen. So I want to thank every, Every artist that took it that took time out just to hang out, have a couple beers, and just enjoy being on radioactive metal because we definitely enjoyed having you on. We want to thank Tony, Matt, and Kev from the Shining Wizards Network who gave us a home. You know, like we yeah, we, we're available wherever you can find podcasts. Okay, but we had the opportunity to join this awesome, this this awesome network of of um, of other podcasts like us, maybe doing something a little bit different. For predominantly a pro wrestling uh, podcast network, but we found a home within the Shining Wizards Network, and we want to thank everyone shiningwizardsnetwork.com go there check it out check out all those shows we want to thank everyone for all that they do 
for us throughout the year. That said, we want to say hello, thank you, and horns up to our former boss, Mr. Rich from Pure Rock Radio, who aired us first run on his radio station before it went podcast and all that. And unfortunately, <coughs> excuse me, he had other things going on. Pure Rock Radio, it no longer exists. It will always exist in my heart. I know it will always exist in yours. And I know it will always exist in all of our listeners. I want to thank Rich for everything that he did over the years and he is still a good friend of ours and we'll have him back on the show we'll have him on a show aaron just just for like this let's just get him on let's shoot the shit let's play some tunes let's have some lemmies and just just appreciate like everything we should bring him on for the 1982 episode we do i think so i think so because he's he's a he's 50 years young like us he'll fit in with that, speaking of the Shining Wizards Network, I want to say hello and horns up to Mr. Matt Copper and Ducky Dustin Maruka. They are the co-hosts of Wrestling Night in Canada, my other, my other podcast, my other radio show. We get together when we can to talk all things pro wrestling and of course these these guys no strangers to being on this show we'll have them on again soon enough no doubt thank you my brothers i appreciate everything you do um and just our former co-hosts everyone that has ever co-hosted on the show there's been a number of people over the years we want to thank them for all of their contributions over the years, Radioactive Metal would not be the awesome show that it is without them. And I've got no problems. Every time, dude, every time like we've had a co-host come and go, we've always said, your chair is warm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's always here. Whenever you want to come on, if you want to come on full time, you want to come on just to shoot the shit, you are always welcome so thank you so um that's that's it that's it thank you so much and to you my friend for coming on every week hanging out having a good time having a couple laughs we really appreciate everything that you do that people don't see like everything you do behind the scenes it's really appreciated you're one of those guys that Without you, I don't know if radioactive metal would exist. So thank you very much. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radioactivemetal.org is where you can find all the episodes, all the stuff. That's the place to start. You want to send us a letter? Radioactive metal? No shit. Radmetal666 at gmail.com. You want to see the pictures of the things we talk about? In fact, did I mention I was drinking the Iron Maiden beer on the air tonight? I found the Fear of the Dark beer. Ah, no, no. I don't think on the air. You told me personally. Well, yeah. And these are the kind of things I need to start posting on our Instagram, the at RadMetal666. Um, 
So go out there because as we talk about like the different scores, like um, when this episode drops, like we really need to start making a list of the stuff we talk about because I need to post a picture of this album, the Weird Al uh, in Osaka Pop Star. Oh yeah, because um, it's it's just killer. So to see those the pictures of these things, check us out on the Instagram. You can also go to Facebook.com/slash/RadMetal. Um, we post similar things there, sometimes the same things, but you know, we keep that going. Okay. Those are the big ones, right? Yeah. This is, what, this is I swear, <laughs> this is one of those Alzheimer's moments where I'm like, uh, it is, it is, it is such www.shiningwizardsnetwork.com. <sighs> yeah. I yeah. just put them over to use some rest to use some wrestling lingo, but. Yeah, uh, thank you once again for everything that you guys do. Go on, go on to that network. Check out all of those shows. They're all amazing. It's predominantly a pro wrestling show, but they also get into some pop culture and just all sorts of everyday stuff. It's basically your one-stop shop. It really is for all of your podcasting needs. For and you sure, can find sure that- us on Spotify, thanks to the fine folks at mm-hmm. um, oh my at the Shining Wizards. Dude, seriously, yeah. like, the, these are those things where I tell you, I'm like, yep, I feel like it's coming. I feel like all, it's coming. All, all, Alzheimer plus Lemmy's plus Iron Maiden beer equals what the fuck are we doing? I know, dude. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, that should just about do it uh, to get us on out of here, dude. The mighty pestilence. Okay, when I first okay when you when you were talking about okay the early nineties, the death metal explosion and all that, um, the Netherlands pestilence were right in the middle of that whole scene. The consuming oh, yeah. impulse, the consuming impulse debut record is a classic. Amongst extreme metal fans, Pestilence are still around. Their latest record dropped in 2021. Let's go out with the title Mortiferum. Really good stuff, good stuff. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a New Year's Evil episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off. Yeah!
Yeah!